Welcome to the VML Voice, the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League. I'm your host, Rob Bullington. In this episode, we hear the tales of two managers. And, since this is a local government-themed podcast, you can rest assured we don't mean the kind of manager that can take an item off your receipt, get you better customer service, or confirm the details of your dinner reservation. No. We mean town and city managers, the people where the buck stops, as it were, for local governments. In VML's 2020 Handbook for Virginia Mayors and Council Members, Kimball Payne, himself a former Virginia city manager, writes, In the most general terms, the city or town manager is responsible for directing and supervising the day-to-day activities of the municipality. Depending on the size of the community and its related staff, the manager may direct several functions. Mr. Payne goes on to observe, Arguably, one of the most important decisions a council will make is the selection of a manager. All of which is to say, people who work as city and town managers are incredibly busy folks. So today, I'm pleased to bring you perspectives from a couple of busy managers who are set to retire after many years of service to their respective communities. We'll hear first from Terry Tilly in the town of Stewart, and then we'll head west to the city of Galax to talk to Keith Barker. I spoke by phone with Terry in early May. Town office. Hi, I was trying to reach Terry Tilly. This is Rob Bullington from the Virginia Municipal League. Okay, hold on, please. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the time we set up to talk. Uh, gosh, I hope I'm not t- catching him at a bad time. Maybe, maybe I should call back. I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, he is a really busy guy, so it's probably best if I just think. Hello. Hey, is this Terry? Yeah. Hey, this is Rob. Thanks a lot for making the time for me today. Yes, sir. No problem at all. So we just did a, an issue of our magazine. And uh, the piece we did about you caught my eye because it said that when you retire in September, um, you will have served as Stewart's town manager for 42 years. That's right, right? Yes, sir. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, according to what I read, that will make you the longest serving town manager in the state of Virginia. And I'm kind of thinking that wasn't a personal goal for you when you started out 42 years ago. Do you remember what you thought of the work back when you started? Well, uh I enjoyed the work. I always liked to work outside and 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 do construction work and and so forth. And uh, never, well, I worked a, a short while as um, just a operator. And uh, then the uh, town manager that was here that hired me, um, he left, and then they they put me in his place. So. Uh, I, I didn't really know what to think at the time. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know whether I could, could handle the job or not, but um, I kept working at it and working at it, and uh, it uh, it turned out to be a good career. Was there a moment early on or later when you when you realized that, yeah, this is this is what I'm meant to do and, and, and I'm happy doing this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess probably two or three years later, uh, you know, it uh, – I, I, I said, well, now this, I think this is going to be a good career. I think that I'm going to enjoy this, and, and uh, we'll just try to 
try to do the best you can, and, and that's what I've done. And they kept me on. <laughs> so I, I must have done a pretty good job. I mean, you've put them in kind of a pickle. It's going to be really hard for them to find another town manager with 42 years of experience. Any word on how the search is going for, for a new town manager? And uh, Yeah, uh, I'm on the, well, I guess, say the committee for this. We've got a meeting tomorrow, uh, and we're going to try to figure out exactly what the job description will entail and, and, um, and what we're going to be asking the next town manager to do and so forth. I was looking at the press release from the town from uh, from when they announced that you were you're going to be retiring and and according to the press release uh, the person they're looking for to take your place and I'm just going to quote here it says they'll need to have public administration and management skills be able to communicate well with town residents and employees help develop and maintain town budgets manage town projects understand and administer town ordinances be familiar with the operation of our drinking water plant and sewer plant be able to repair water and sewer lines day and night and resolve complaints as well as a thousand other possible things that may come up. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. I, I'm going to go ahead and recommend that the town not include the part about a thousand other possible things in the job description. That might turn some folks off. But I am curious, though, about the uh, be able to repair water and sewer lines day or night. I'm kind of picturing you sleeping with a hacksaw, pipe wrench, and a bucket next to your bed for the last 42 years. Uh, is is there a story behind that being included there? Yeah, I guess. I, I've been on call 24-7 for uh, 40 years or longer, I guess, for 42 years. Um, I, I've always lived pretty close around town here, and and uh, when they call, they call me. And then I go out, and uh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And, um, and if I have to have some help or whatever with whatever's going on, then I'll call in uh, some other guys on the crew. But I've been doing that for 42 years. So, so what's your background? I mean, are you from Stewart originally? Uh, did you grow up there? Uh, about 20 miles out of Stewart. Um, I, I, I live closer to Mount Airy, North Carolina, than I did here. I live right at the Virginia-North Carolina state line. My dad worked here for a construction person. Uh, for several years, and so I went to work at a plumbing shop or plumbing store for a little while there, and the town manager hired me for the town here. I've been here ever since. <laughs> so back then, 40-some-odd years ago, when you we came on, did they did they ask you to get certified in anything in particular, or did they just say, well, that, that kid knows what he's doing. We want him to be in charge of the town. Well, they they didn't ask me to do any of that stuff. I just kind of took it on my own like for the water and sewer and and, uh, and different things like that. I just, I was kind of a hands-on guy, and I, I just got out there and done it. And, uh, you know, and I, I made my mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I made my mistakes and, and had to back up and and punch, uh, you know. But, it, uh, like I say, I, I've, I've learned a lot, and I kind of learned as I come, you know, as I went along. Was there anything that uh, that you did over the years that that you thought was especially valuable and helpful in helping you do what you do? I was the type of guy that, that uh, if, if somebody walked into the office or if I was out on the street or whatever uh, working, if somebody walked by, I'd, I'd always speak to them. and and I and I got a you know built a good relationship with a lot of people here in town and a lot of the. Uh, construction 
guys that runs construction companies here and and so forth, and and, and a lot of uh, guys that that wasn't here that done this type of work that I got to know, and and I learned a lot from them, and uh, they helped me out a whole lot. Um, I, I, uh, like I say, I I didn't know a lot about it when I first started, but as it went along, I uh, kept learning on how to, you know, uh, fit pipe and, and all of that stuff. And uh, I always always wanted to be right out there with the guys. And I do a lot of my office work at night. <laughs> What's changed the most about the job over the years for you? I'm assuming that the, the person they hire may have to come in with certain requirements they'll have to meet that maybe didn't even exist back, back when you started. I'll be honest with you, I don't know what to tell you on that. I don't know uh, exactly what the council is going to require yet. Coming through my years there of being town manager, I always took it, tried to take it on myself to, to learn as much as I could. If there, if there was something that I thought that I could get certified in, like the water, uh, I've got class four in water. And um, there were some things there that, that went along, and I always went to the classes for uh, safety zones for the setting up for a safety zone, like we've got a water line that broke in the middle of the street. Uh, I always went to those classes with, with my guys and so forth, and I was right in there with them and uh, trying to learn all of that stuff. But I, I don't know I, I don't know where the, 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 the town council and the mayor now would require a town manager, manager to do that. They might. I don't know. They did include that bit about fixing broken pipes in the middle of the night in the announcement. So at the very least, they uh, they recognize that that's something you were helping out with. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been on I've been on salary for many many years. You know, it's, it's no overtime there with that and and so forth. And I I was trying to save the town as much money as I could, and that's the reason why I done what I done on that part. Because if I'd have called some of the other guys in, we was gonna have to pay overtime and all of that. And, um, and and a lot of it too was the guys that lived that close around. You know, they were maybe ten miles out or something, and then they'd have to drive their vehicles in and so forth because they didn't have a company vehicle. And um, and I knew it was going to cost them, so I just pretty much took it on myself to, to go out there and, and do what I needed to do if I could do it on my own. I just want to take a quick minute here and acknowledge that you can't advertise for the kind of work ethic that Terry just described. Towns like Stewart work because people like Terry take it upon themselves to go the extra mile, sometimes literally, and sometimes in the middle of the night, to keep the water flowing and the lights on. But at this point in our conversation, I knew there was more to what he had accomplished, so I wanted to find out about the larger projects he'd seen through. All right, well, just switching gears here a little bit. What are some of the things that you and the town have achieved uh, during your time there that, that you're kind of proud of or that you, you point to and think of as, as good success stories? Uh, in, in my 42 years, we've um, gotten grants, CDPT grants, or DHCD grants, or CDPT monies, for, I don't know, probably six, seven projects. Uh, and... All total, when, when it all comes down, is about $12 million worth of projects that we've done. Uh, we've done neighborhood projects, and we've done uptown projects, downtown projects, 
water and wastewater project, it totals to somewhere, some, I would say probably around about $12, $12 million. Hmm. And, I, and I know that's not a lot of money, but for a small town like we are, I mean, we are, uh, I, I just, I can't say enough about it. I mean, it's just, you know, to get that kind of money. You know, I know there's a lot of other cities and towns and so forth that um, they have more population. Our population is something about So at some point, I guess you uh, you decided small town life was for you. What do you like most about Stewart? Well, it, it, well, that's one thing. It's small, and it's uh, and I always want the town to grow. I've always wanted to, to grow, but I wanted to to grow at a speed that, that didn't overwhelm everybody, including myself. You know, uh, I didn't want you know fifteen buildings going up at one time and so forth. And, and all of that, but I wanted to, to grow. I like to, to see the town grow. But it, it, it stayed fairly small. Uh, we did do a boundary adjustment back in uh, 2007, I think it was. It, it about tripled the size of the town. So you can imagine, yeah, as far as land area, well, it almost tripled the, the, the population. And, and that was a, that was a, a, a big accomplishment, I think as far as the town growing. And uh, of course, the Walmart, we, we've got a Walmart and, and so forth, and that, that helps too. I just like the hometown type thing, the small town life. We, we, we don't have a lot of crime here. And I, I just like the peacefulness, you know, being able to go home and, and not have to listen to a lot of traffic and yeah, I can I can relate. I, I come home and, and I definitely get to hear a lot of traffic. I'm thinking that over the course of four plus decades, there's been a couple funny things that have happened. Maybe. No, I, I I've got several residents around. They call me Andy Griffin of Stewart. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the fire department too, by the way. Yeah, I, I've been in in the fire department for thirty about thirty two years, and I was assistant chief for. 20 years, I guess. Yeah, I went out and got kept get cats out of trees and, and done all of that stuff, you know, and that's, that's where I get that, that name of Andy Griffin, the steward. That, uh, I'm willing to help anybody. Just They call, I would, I would go and see what the problem was or try to help. So just to clarify, we're talking about the Andy Griffin from the original show, not, not the Matlock years, right? Right, right. The both, original. Both great shows, by the way. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Andy and Barney, they always went out and they'd go through some, and stuff for uh, one of the widows or whatever. I haven't done that, but, you know, we went out, I went out and helped uh, some of the elderly and, and so forth around. So, and, they, and they really appreciate it. Like I say, I go out and I talk to people and if they have a problem, I try to help them. So is there, uh, come September, do you, you think there's anything you're going to miss about the job? I'll probably miss it all. But uh, there's some things that I won't miss, you know, the, um, the getting calls at 2 o'clock in the morning with a water meter that's broke or a water line that's broke and stuff like that. And uh, didn't mind it too much in the summertime, but in the wintertime, it was pretty tough, <laughs> you know, to have to go out and, and do that. But uh, I, I'm going to miss quite a bit of it, I feel like. And, and But I, I, 
I don't know, 15 years ago, I thought it was going to work forever. I thought I'd be here forever. And the uh, older you get, the, the more you see, I guess, the more I see that that ain't going to happen. <laughs> what are your plans after you retire? Well, I have a few things. I, uh, I've i got a couple rental properties, and I, I want to work on those. And I want to work on my house and, and do some things to that. And uh, and I want to do some camping. I like to travel. Me and the wife, we, we like to... Um, camp and, and go places and so forth, and that, that's what we was hoping maybe we are going to be able to do. And uh, most of our family lives away from here. Uh, my brother and sister and all of those, they kind of live away from here, and we wanted to visit them and, and so forth. And her her family, they live, some of them live in Raleigh, and some of them you know, down in Carolina and so forth, and, so, and some in Chesapeake. And uh, so we're... Um, uh, want to travel and, and see them and visit with them and just, you know, enjoy a few things. Are you a tent camper or an RV camper? I'm an RV camper. <laughs> yeah, we tried the tent years back when we were younger, and uh, we could kind of get by with that. But uh, the age that we are now, we don't we don't want to sleep in the tent no more. <laughs> we bought a camper last fall. Haven't had a chance to use it, but we are... Heading out this coming Monday and going up to Natural Bridge for a couple of days. Oh, fantastic. Last question here. Um, at some point, you will retire, and at some point, the town of Stewart will have a new town manager. Anything, that, Any words of wisdom you'd pass along to, to the new guy or new gal when, when they come in about, about what it's like to be the town manager of Stewart? As far as my thoughts and so forth, it's a great job, and uh, I think they would be happy. Whoever gets it, I think they'd be happy here and be in that position because there's a lot of great people here in the town of Stewart. We'll leave it at that. Have a great time this weekend, breaking in the new RV, and a fantastic summer, and I wish you well in your retirement, and I hope we get to meet uh, face-to-face someday before it's all over. Do too. I do too, Rob. Thank you so much. Buddy. All right. Have a good one, man. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now that we've heard from Terry Tilly, it's time to spend some time with Keith Barker in the city of Galax. It's about 50 miles down Highway 58, from Stewart to Galax. But I'm going to let my fingers do the walking. In the city of Galax. Hi, this is Rob Bullington from the Virginia Municipal League. I had an appointment to talk to Keith Barker at this time. Okay, one moment, please. Thanks. And what was your first name, please? Rob. Okay, just one moment. Thanks. I just want to say this is the best hold music I've ever encountered. It's upbeat, but it it puts you at ease. Like I'm totally assured that somebody's going to pick up the phone. Hey, Rob. Hey, Keith. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. How's the weather down in Galax today? It's beautiful in Richmond. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful day. All right. The Commonwealth is rocking it. There we go. There we go. Both ends of the state, right? That's right. So uh, just to tee things up here, I just wanted to talk about where we are. So you'll be retiring in June after 12 years as city manager. Correct. And I just wanted you to know, yesterday I spoke with uh, Terry Tilly, the manager over in the town of Stewart, and he's going to be retiring in September after 42 years, which makes him the longest-serving manager in the state. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, before you pull the trigger on this thing, that you don't want to stick around for another 33 years to break the record. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> if uh, somebody wanted to talk to my uh, my wife and my children about it, they're free to do so. But uh, we we've kind of the decision's been made, and we're we're making the changes. And uh, 
we're going to move on from this. Uh, I appreciate my time in Galax, and I've I've been city manager for 12 years, but I've been here almost 29 years. Sorry, Galax. I gave it my best shot. But I couldn't convince Keith to stick around for another 33 years. Having failed to do that, I thought it best to rewind a bit. What is your background? Um, what brought you to Galax? Are you from there originally? And um, what were you doing before before you started doing this? Uh, well, I I would say yes, I'm originally from Galax. I was actually born in Danville, and my parents moved to Galax uh, when I was very young, probably three or four years old. Uh, they still live in the area um, and attended school here. I ended up going to Virginia Tech, and I graduated with a Bachelor's of Architecture degree, and I moved to Marion, and I actually worked for a, uh, an elect architectural firm over there for about five years um in the early 90s there was kind of a a depression i guess in terms of work for architectural firms it didn't seem like uh, i was going to be employed very long potential for layoffs had a young child at home so i started looking for other opportunities and i'd always worked construction uh, during the summers i always thought that lent itself to my profession helped me understand how things went together and why they went together a certain way. Um, so there was actually an opening for a building official in Galax. So I submitted an application and was hired uh, here for that. And uh, there was an ulterior motive. I was actually hired to head up a housing project, our very first housing project, Community Development Block Grant, the Callaway Street Housing Project. So I actually came in, was doing the building official work, uh, and was also heading up a housing project, writing up bid specifications and doing drawings for houses and things like that. And then the career kind of expanded and uh, took on larger roles with the city, did uh, different code compliance issues, headed up the engineering department for a period of time. And uh, in 2005, I was asked if I would consider being an assistant city manager. And uh, I did that. I uh, served as an interim role for, uh, a couple different times between 2005 and 2009. And then in 2009, I was uh, asked if I would consider be the city manager. And that's what I've done ever since. So, What has changed the most about the job over the years for you? Um, I would say it's just even in my my short tenure compared to 42 years, uh, um, that that's astounding in, in my mind. Uh, that somebody serves in this role for that long of a period of time. But even in my short tenure, it's just changed a lot. It's a, it's a bit more complex. Uh, a lot of our state agencies have changed how they're operating. Uh, it, it's becoming, you know, more online, uh, with the, uh, reporting and requirements and applications. Uh, we have really taken a, a path of trying to explore grants or use those over the years. You know, we're, we've we've obtained probably better than twenty-two million dollars in grants in the last ten years, which for a locality our size is is of pretty astounding, I think. And, but those have become more complex, and there's uh, just a there's a lot of expectations from our citizens. Um, uh, you know, they're they're becoming more involved, which is good. Uh, but a higher level of uh, expectations on some of the services that are desired. And, uh, you know, quite a bit more planning has to go into what are you thinking about for the future? You know, how are you reaching out? How are you engaging people? Things like that. Um, I remember going to one of my first uh, VLGMA conferences 
And um, uh, one of the managers there gave a little bit of a talk, and he said, you know, whenever they have a big project, they did a, a street corner survey, which was you walked out on the street corner, you talked to a couple of people you knew, and that was how you moved a project along. And it, it's a bit more complex than that now. You know, there's quite a few requirements, but you've really got to get some community involvement. So, How do you maintain that balance? How do you make sure that you're out there still, still talking to folks and, and sort of getting the feel for, for what the community wants and needs? You know, I would be lying to you if I said it, it became simpler this past year with COVID. That, that's been a, a huge impact in terms of how we're able to interact. Um, you know, we're, we're a lot more restrictive in how people even walk into the municipal building and, and go to visit certain departments as needed. So, you know, we've really had to think about that a little bit and how do we do some outreach? And if we do outreach, uh, you know, we've, we've been working on a grant application, a housing grant application. So we have to pick our venue of where we're going to meet and we have to make sure people are spread out. Um, but we're trying to use a lot more mailings. We're using a lot more social media. We're trying to use our website more. Um, you know, we've, we've really tried to figure out where people are getting their information and then how do we get responses back? Uh, that's always been the hard part um, in public comments or public services. You know, how do you get responses from citizens back and find out what they're thinking before they simply start complaining after you've implemented something? So it's it's still tough. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've been asking a lot of people um, over the last 12, 15 months or so. Everybody got to get thrown into the deep end of the pool at the same time and we all had to learn how to swim and everybody started swimming differently and sometimes in different directions. Is there anything in hindsight that the city of Galax did that you probably would have done differently or, you know, it was a good lesson learned, but it may have not been the best path for the city at that time? I think probably for me being a little more slow on the uptake for social media, I don't, I don't maintain pages like that personally. Uh, my family does, but I, I think it's tough in the position I am to have something like that. And uh, I've always said that, uh, you know, it's tough to manage by Facebook and our hotline, the hotline, which we have. Our, our local paper has an anonymous call-in section where people can call and kind of raise cane or talk about issues or something like that. And it's hard to react to those because they they can become very quick and they're very – you know, people kind of in the heat of the moment might type something and then you might have responses, but they might not be any of your local citizens. Uh, they could be people from uh, adjoining communities or as far away as, you know, California, Florida, or New York, which we've seen. So uh, for for me, it's been, you know, how do we engage the citizens and, and recognizing that, you know, it's tough to use some of these social media platforms, but they're almost required in what we're doing because that's where a lot of people, you know, see their day-to-day information. They might not visit your website and they might not read the local paper and they might not necessarily read everything in the water bill, but they're looking at their phones or their computers on a daily basis. And maybe that's one way we have to push out information. So trying to be a little quicker on that, um, you know, we're a smaller staff. So who do you assign to that? Who creates the page and who maintains it have all been things we've had to work on. You sort of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, people get so riled up so quickly and they expect immediate feedback. And if they see something, they feel like they have to react right away and they don't 
They don't give themselves, you know, even an hour just to think about it or cool off. We had an issue. Yeah, we had an issue a few years ago, and um, we had a gentleman that had just posted something on his personal Facebook page, and he had taught a class at at one of our uh, facilities here, uh, an art class, uh, you know, a couple times. Uh, but his post got so got people so riled up, and if you search through his information, you found out well he was he had been a teacher over here, and everybody assumed that that was automatically a a college or or a, you know trade school or something like that. And we were just inundated. I mean, for a week, it was just nuts. And we had to really, you know, how do you back up and respond to that? And then, you know, when you start having to shut phones off and you have to shut these pages off and how do you do this and protect staff? I mean, there were threats made that were inappropriate, hmm. uh, but we had to respond to them. And again, it's, uh, I've always thought that, you know, if you can get some people together and get some reasonable discussion going, we might not agree, but we can have a civil conversation and it's very easy for people to have a very uncivil uh, dialogue through social media pages and things like that. For those of you who think maybe Keith and I got off track there talking about social media, I just want to note that social media is, for better or worse, part of a local government job. Really, any job these days. It's a strange world. And plenty of that strangeness lives online anymore. Fortunately, there's still plenty of weirdness out in the real world. Some of it has fur and horns and, well, let's get back to the conversation and you'll hear what I'm talking about. What's one of the strangest requests you've received from a resident or a town official or maybe a situation you found in? Like, what's the funny story? Probably one of the funniest stories was... Um, I was asked to come up to a house at a very certain time, something like, you know, quarter after 12. And so, uh, went up there and I'm standing with another staff member in the yard. I'm like, what can we help you with? And they said, wait a couple of minutes and you'll see. And about three or four minutes later, here come a herd of goats. And they just wandered through the yard and they're wandering through this whole neighborhood and they're, eating grass and flowers and shrubs and everything. And we're like, what's going on? They said, we don't know. And so we had to kind of track them down and we found a, we found an owner in town and he had just let some goats out and thought it'd be okay. He owned a little bit of land, but that's not where they fed. They fed on a, they had a big feeding path and they'll, they'll eat everything. And that's, that's not what this gentleman, he was just a gentleman farmer. Uh, He was an executive in one of our industries down here. And, uh, like I said, had a few acres and decided he wanted to try some goats. And I guess, you know, one goat became 25 goats. And uh, that that was how he fed them was by not, not having to worry about feeding them. They just kind of made their way and they came back home every evening. So uh, it was a little bit different, but uh, that that's always the animal ones are always the, the weird ones, I guess you would say. But um, uh, I would probably have to go through and pull a notebook out and try to write down all these odd things. That's what a few of our staff members have talked about. When we when we retire, we need to figure out what the book is going to be titled that we're going to write for the, the odd interactions. But um, that's just, just part of the day. What are your plans after you retire? Or is the whole point not to have any plans? Uh, for a little while, it's not to have any plans. Um the, the thing that kind of sparked, uh, my wife and I, my wife is going to retire also. She's a teacher at the Galax Elementary School. 
Um, but by, we're, we're going to be first time grandparents here within about a week. Fantastic. So, uh, we're, we're expecting our first grandson to be born. Have you, have you decided, is it going to be granddad, gramps, grandpa? Uh, no, it's actually, um, uh, and, and I can tell you the story if you want. It's going to be a big K. Big K. Yeah, I need to hear that story. A number of years ago, and it was before I became the city manager. I was the assistant city manager. And uh, our city manager at the time had left. And uh, a gentleman, I felt he was a mentor uh, to me. Cared about him tremendously. is Mike Maynard, and he was on the Grayson County Board of Supervisors. And uh, you know, for Galax, Carol, and Grayson, we serve on a lot of – we have a lot of joint boards together. So Mike and I served on a few different boards together. And um, I've been to his house for dinner, and he was just a, a great guy. Offered a, offered a lot of good advice. He was uh, a past um, – I think he'd worked for Pfizer and, and things like that. So he was a gentleman that had moved to Grace and became involved in the community. And we were talking. And um, uh, when the city manager role came up, he said, can I offer you advice? I said, sure. He said – he said, if you want that job, he said, you tell council you want that job and, you know, tell them that why you want it. And, and so I pursued that and I was able to become the city manager. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, around 2012 or 13, Mike suffered a stroke and I went down to the hospital to visit him in Winston and I wasn't able to do that. They, they weren't letting anybody in, but we were able to visit with his wife and daughter. And his daughter said, um, she had to tell her kids that, Big Mike, uh, you know, had had some problems and his head was hurting and he was in the hospital. And she said, we call, we called his dad Big Tom. And so we called him Big Mike. And, uh, when I left the hospital, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to, I said, whenever we have grandkids, you know, if we're blessed with that, I'm going to be Big Keith or Big K or something like that. And I, I do that in honor of a gentleman I care tremendously about, Mike Maynard, who was called Big Mike. So. That that's how I came up with it, and that's what we've all agreed upon. So, all that said, is there anything you'll miss about the job? I'm always going to miss the coworkers. I've got a you know a lot of uh, great people that I work with. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of them I, I do consider friends. Um, but you know, anybody that's in this role, there, there's never anybody that can be a, a you know lead administrator, or, you know, city manager, town manager, or county administrator. That if you don't have a good staff that work with you, and I don't say work for you or under you, but they work with you, you know, it's got to be a good team effort when you go through these things. Um, but those are the people I'll miss, and, and even a lot of the, you know, coworkers that aren't department heads, but just the staff that are in the other positions also. Um, I'm, I'm not as knowledgeable on names as I used to be, and that's that's unfortunate. And staff have changed. You know, I don't get to quite know as many people as I used to. And with, uh, you know, the, the COVID issue over the past year, uh, you know, I've, I've limited my travels in other facilities and whatnot, just as I've asked those people to limit coming up here. So it, it's it's hurt me in terms of knowing as many people as I used to. Um, but uh, I'll miss staff though. That that's one of the big things I'll, I will miss, and and my council members too. I'm, uh, I've served with Willie Green and and CM Mitchell, their mayor and vice mayor currently, but they've been on here since I've been with the city. So um, that's that that's a pretty big change also. 
So at some point, the city of Galax will have a new city manager. What you know, in ten seconds or less, what's what's the number one piece of advice you'd give that person um, about being the city manager of Galax? Uh, don't micromanage your department heads. Uh, listen to them; they'll bring you. Uh, the issues, but they'll also bring you some potential solutions. And your job is to discern, you know, what the best way to proceed is. But you have a great group of people that are trying to support you the whole time. Last question. What's the favorite thing about your city? What do you like most about the city of Galax? At times, you know, people will kind of complain about when you have to deal with, with citizens or people or issues or things like that. But but I enjoy the people here. I, I think if you if you have a true need, people will absolutely step up and try to help you. Um, they will, uh, you know, they'll do what they can. They'll fundraise for you. They'll they'll come and you know help you move something, pick something up. Even when we have festivals, it's I'm always uh, try to interact as much as I can with some of our visitors and talk to them a little bit, and they'll just say, gosh, you know, this is a really great place. People are real nice. People will wave to you. They'll talk to you. And, you know, that's a that's a big thing. We're, we are a community. Um, I was able to go to an event this past weekend that our fire department did, and it's a, you know, kind of a public demonstration day, and this was their first opportunity with that. And they had a lot of people that might not know who the fire department is. They just know it, we've got a fire department, but it's a volunteer department. So we've got you know, 50 plus volunteer firefighters in Galax. And that's astounding for a community our size. And, uh, but we have lots of volunteers and people that step up for other needs. I was, I went up yesterday and we've got a, a local group called God's Storehouse and, uh, they were handing out food boxes. They'll hand out, you know, food boxes to a hundred families, you know, once or twice a month. We've got another, food pantry down here that does the same thing, you know, about every Wednesday. So it's, you know, as as always, it's, uh, you would hope it'd say the people because the people make up the community that you live in. Uh, You live in the nicest looking place, but if, if you can't get along with people, you're still hurting uh, in terms of community. So, um, but I think, I think it's the people around here. Hey Keith, thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate this. And uh, congratulations on your retirement and good luck with your new job of being a grandfather. All right. Great. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. It was time to tell the tale of the time the tale was told by two managers. And I think we've told it. I want to thank Terry and Keith for their tales. And I want to thank you for listening. The VML Voice, the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League, is sponsored by Dominion Energy and Virginia Housing. If you'd like to become a sponsor, let me know by sending me an email at rbullington at vml.org. Join us again as we explore localities and issues with the focus always on Virginia and the local governments that make the Commonwealth work for everyone. And now, here's this episode's VML Voice of Reason. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> if uh, somebody wanted to talk to my uh, my wife and my children about it, they're free to do so.